technology is the most powerful change in the world of education. Everything changes. Welcome to the Emerging Technologies in Education podcast, delivered to you by Clever Books Company. Dear listeners, thank you for joining Emerging Technologies in Education podcast. And our guest today is Carla. Hi, Carla. How are you? Hi, I'm very well. Thank you. And it's an honor to uh, be able to take part in your podcast. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. That's an honor to have you here as well. So I'm going to give the words to Carla to introduce herself, tell which country she's coming from and also what she does professionally. Here you go. Okay, so my name is Carla Arts. Um, I'm uh, live in the UK. I'm originally from Belgium and I currently work for UCL uh, Institute of Education um, and I am the Director of Futures but I'm also very heavily involved in a project called Educate which is a project that actually looks at the use of education technology in education obviously um, and that also really focuses on bringing evidence into edtech. Um, the reason why we're doing this is um, because a lot of edtech has been kind of implemented in uh, schools or uh, other organizations, educational organizations. And you know what? It hasn't really worked because quite often edtech is based on really good ideas where people have tried to solve a problem uh, that they've perceived. And the approach to that problem you know, from an idea perspective and a concept perspective may be completely right, but actually from an education perspective isn't right or doesn't work. And therefore, it kind of alienates people rather than brings them closer to technology. Um, and what this project is trying to do, we're trying to bring kind of learning science and learning science research to edtech uh, startups, uh, SMEs and uh, teachers and researchers to kind of inform product development. So, and to bring educators, edtech, and uh, research community more closely to, together around evidence in, in edtech and in education. So things can possibly work a little bit better for the schools, for the education institutions, for the teachers, for the learners, for the whole stakeholder community in education. So a lot of my time is going on this, on this project. Before that, I've done all sorts of things. I've been working in kind of e-learning for about ooh, 15 years or so, uh, but I've been working in the digital industry for about 30 plus years. So being a bit of a pioneer in this field. Um, so that's kind of what I'm currently focusing on. And it's very much about innovation transformation, but also actually respecting that education is a rather static landscape and that we have to be careful not to retrofit technology into education, but actually to enable um, better kind of learning and teaching um, through the use of technology that supports that process, not that drives the process. This is amazing. Thank you so much, Carla. So I, I would say, I will confirm on my side, you definitely are pro-technology for education. However, you are with the focus on how to do that more in a proper way. So it's not just technology, but it's technology that fits the needs of education and fits the needs of the classroom. And it's actually applicable to what is required um, in the process of learning. Absolutely. And I think it's it's I really want to emphasize here that um, 
it's not about the technology it's about the education or the learning or the teaching and it's about the involvement of the stakeholders in that process um, and and sort of making sure that technology can support this or can enable some of this not be the kind of dominating force in this because if, if learning and teaching are, are very discrete things and they happen in a particular context and we can't ignore that context at all and they they are there for a very good reason and if technology tries to kind of change that too much or tries to disrupt that too much actually it becomes about the kind of technology and the use of that technology rather than what goes on in, in in education and in learning and teaching and that's exactly where so much of the technology has gone wrong in education and you know if you look at the first generation of education technology platforms the dlms's and the vles what have they done they've actually kind of looked at a workflow or a process that's being adopted in education they've kind of process engineered it they've then systems engineered it and then they have, they've retrofitted it into education and you know what nobody likes it everybody hates it and it hasn't improved anything in education if anything it has increased the workload for teachers which is the the worst thing you could possibly do and that's the way that you're going to alienate your audience rather than take them with you and if you look at, at other landscapes where technology has been totally transformative in education it hasn't bring, brought any transformation yet it's kind of worked with the status quo and possibly made some of the status quo even even worse than it may have been already and i think that's where a lot of the, the problems with edtech have started is kind of run that retrofit and actually not really working from an education perspective but working from a technology perspective so i'm absolutely in favor for the use of technology in education only where it can sort of improve things only where it can support things better not as a driver but as an enabler and like for instance i do quite a lot of work in in in, in with african companies or in the developing world and there I can see really clearly how technology can be a catalyst for access to education and learning. So I'm a great believer in it, which is why I still do it. Otherwise, I would have left this domain a long time ago. Absolutely agree. So you need to be passionate about what you do in order to keep on going with that. And I actually liked a lot about the the, the project you're working on uh, kind of working on uh, making sure that technology and and, and startups and um, everybody who is bringing the innovation and educators work together. Can you please tell us a little bit more about the project itself, why it started, when it started and um, where it goes and what are the achievements to date? So Educate was, was a project uh, that uh, was instigated by Professor Rose Lucking at the UCL Institute of Education's Knowledge Lab which is the technology in education arm of the Institute of Education. The project is um, executed and delivered in partnership with uh, other organizations such as F6S, Nesta and BISA. And also um, UCL Engineering are pretty active in this project. What this project is trying to do, as I mentioned earlier, is bring this kind of um, community of educators, edtech and research together in what we call the golden triangle. And the golden triangle um, is actually filled with evidence. 
So by bringing this community together, you start creating and um, delivering better edtech through evidence-based um, product development. And to achieve that, we provide um, startups and SMEs and teachers and research entrepreneurs over the next two and a half years um, tuition and training and mentoring in education research, business planning and business development, and product development. So there are three strands to this project, with edu education research being at the center of, of the project. And by bringing these three strands together, we hope that we can kind of work with the edtech community to improve and to sort of make better edtech suited for the education environment. Whether that's for small children in early years, to you know people who retired and just doing adult learning because they want to, or people who are doing professional learning, or applications in medical field, in scientific field, in any aspect of learning and education comes to educate. The project is funded by, or partially funded by ERDF, that's the European Research Development Fund, and currently only focuses on uh, participants who have a company or who are active in London. So it's a London-based project, and we will be mentoring and uh, training 256 companies, SMEs, startups, and research entrepreneurs by the end of 2019. We're currently in our, uh, in our third cohort um, and we will be mentoring and training 10 cohorts over the next two remaining years. So um, very busy, very active, incredibly exciting, especially to see the breadth of people engaging in edtech and various aspects of learning and teaching. Um, and from early years to AI and content curation for education, to AI and sort of feedback for teachers, to AI in all sorts of applications that support learning, but also people who are just working on, on VR and, and augmented reality, language learning, you name it, the breadth and, and the the width of education is, is present in this project. It is extremely exciting, very challenging, but we hope it will help improve the technology for education. It does sound very challenging project, and it does sound like the one who can actually help a lot in improving the, on how a technology can be implemented in education. Then an, another question I have to you, um, like. If you can share any specific, like you're working with startups, um, maybe you can share some specific startups that impressed you with their technology for education, or maybe some uh, tools for educational purposes that you think would be useful, maybe some electronic libraries or open education courses or anything that comes to your mind. Okay, I'm going to have to disappoint you a little bit here because we're quite early on in this project in terms of, of startups coming through. So if I start recommending startups now, it would be a disservice to the startups that may still come. So that's a, that's a bit of a difficult question. Um, but there are some exciting startups in, in the project. In terms of sharing a lot about the startups, it's probably a bit premature because the program hasn't been going for that long. All I can say is watch Educate London 
and you may find out more as the program goes along. What we are seeing, which is really encouraging, is that people are engaging with very different aspects of learning and teaching. Whereas before, the edtech would kind of focus very much on a particular market, especially the schools. We are now seeing that it's kind of focusing on learning from for all ages. And that is so exciting. And I think that is where a lot of the transformation can, can start to happen. In terms of technologies, um, it's a wide, a wide variety of, of, of technologies that we see come through the door. I think where exciting stuff will happen in education is, is especially in the artificial intelligence arena, provided it's kind of taken care of carefully, because it could also have a negative impact if it's not handled carefully. And here, I, what I mean is not artificial intelligence used to replace or get rid of teachers or focus on pupils and students just learning by themselves. Not at all, quite the opposite. I'm looking here at artificial intelligence that can enable and support teachers better, that can provide good feedback loops, intelligent feedback through good interfaces for teachers and learners, so they know how they're doing, they know how they're progressing, they know how, uh, what they need to look at and what they need to work on to kind of improve their own learning and teachers can kind of um, monitor and guide that learning better and more effectively as well because actually they can focus on their students they can focus on what's going on in their classroom or their seminar room and they can support their learners much more effectively and then you'll also start seeing that learning can actually become more personalized not just purely technology driven but actually by the interventions that the teachers can provide to their students. So AI in, in support for teachers and, and tutoring staff, I think would be a fantastic addition to education and the technology is getting there. So, and we will be seeing, and we are starting to see that in our startup community as well. So that's a space definitely to watch. I think it's early days to say, you know, who are the real, really most effective players in that. There have been big companies trying to do this and failed because they kind of looked at the tech and not the ed. Um, and so I'm hopeful that, you know, over the next couple of years, we will start seeing this kind of work better and start finding inroads into certain aspects of education. Where it will have to be careful is that, you know, especially the politicians and policy makers and, and budget holders don't start, start seeing this as a panacea that solves all their problems, but actually start seeing this as an addition that really augments what they're doing and how they can do it much better um, and more effectively. So that's the AI spaces that really want to watch. I think where we'll also we'll need to start seeing kind of some changes is there's a lot of tech, technology around assessment but what most of the technology players have done with the assessment is actually a lot of them don't understand how assessment really works and what it what it does and, and how you need to ask good questions to really assess and for the learner to get something out of that assessment. Um, they're kind of much more focused on the measuring and the feedback. And there is a big difference between measuring and assessment. And I think the kind of mindset around assessment possibly also helped by AI, may 
may see some changes and I think that would be a very positive thing because most assessment players think that just doing quizzes actually is a form of good assessment and it really isn't. A quiz can be part of it but it is not an assessment um, in its own right. So that's that's things that um, aspects of technology that I think will be very interesting to watch. Um, and then um, we're seeing areas of technology being adopted in teaching for medical students. Wonderful, you know, where you can reach far more students more, more effectively by using technology and, and augmented and virtual reality without actually endangering a patient, for instance. So fantastic. Um, and we're seeing some really interesting developments there. We're witnessing developments and, and in the tuition of, of life sciences that I haven't seen before at all. And this is obviously not aimed at the schools market. This is aimed at industry, but also higher education. So people working in pharmacology or in life sciences disciplines can benefit from sort of new courses that are also artificially, artificial intelligence driven. And, and that's, I think, will potentially change some of the life sciences um, world in terms of teaching and learning. And it's really exciting to see this. So there's lots going on. Um, and you may have noticed that I actually haven't pointed out a single technology. I've actually started talking about um, concepts or subject streams or technology enablers and rather than the technology as such. And I think that's important to note that um, it's not about the technology, it's about what's being done that is technology enabled to aid education. So lots of exciting things happening uh, in lots of different arenas. So it's quite hard for me to kind of say, this is really the killer app because we're seeing very interesting um, streams of, of thought and, and, and technology enabled uh, education sort of coming in into our startup mix. So that's, I think, really, really positive news for education. Absolutely. This is a really positive news for education and this is a really um, great approach on describing um, the streams and the directions where it's supposed to go or where it's got good to go rather than describing the technology itself. So absolutely love it. And the last question I would have to you, if you can um, tell us what you normally uh, tell to people when you meet those um, and they say to you, Oh, you know, Carla, I don't like to use technology for education. I think there is no go. What would you tell to those people? Well, first of all, I wouldn't tell them anything. I would listen to what, what they've got to say as to why they don't want to use it and to listen to what they find the problem with it. Because if I don't listen, I can't tell them that they should use it. I can't tell them what they should use because I don't understand what their pain points are. So for me, it's much more about really understanding what, what their problem is or what their pain point is and why they're so adverse to it. And then sort of not necessarily even convince them, but maybe invite them to one of our events or work with one of the startups and that person to see if they kind of find some synergy where the startup can be, can be uh, involved in a pilot project, for instance, for them. Uh, but I would only do that if I really thought it was going to bring them a value, especially with the people who, who have had bad experiences and therefore are maybe a bit more negative about it. 
um, you don't want to introduce them to more technology that they find a hurdle. You only want to introduce them to something that they feel enables them to do things better or more easily or that they get benefits from and that also can then benefit their students if it's a teacher or vice versa. Same with parents, you know, you can't just kind of say to parents, you've got to buy this product for your kid. And the parent might go, well, you know, I'll buy quite a lot of stuff for my kid already. And what is your product going to do that will make the learning for my kid better? And unless you can sort of listen to what your audience wants and be totally user centric in your solution, you can't even start the discussion with them about you should really use this. Um, and that's really important for me because it's technology can only be transformative. Transformative, it can enable something. It can't be transformative or supportive or enabling if it's imposed on something or someone. So that that's the kind of the answer to that question, really, because it's not about me telling them what to use. It's about me listening first and then maybe kind of working with them to see what they could use and making sure that if I introduce them to something, that that is something that is really going to address their problem. And that's hard. You know, it's, 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 it's not kind of a one fits all at all. So, um, yeah, I think it's really important to listen and to understand your audience. Um, because in education, it's very clear that one doesn't fit all, which is, again, a bit of a challenge for EdTech because usually, you know, investors want scalable and big solutions and it doesn't always work in, in education. I agree with you. And I think it's a great point that you need to find the personalized approach and kind of individual that it's not one fits all. That's absolutely right. And I think also every person have, can have a different problem on why they would not uh, would not want to use technology for their uh, for the education purposes. But it's a good point from Carla that, um, yeah, we need to find out first why and then to see if it could be, you know, repaired in the way and if we could help this person to understand um, if the point is mistaken or not. Thank you very much, Carla. We're going to share all the links to, uh, to the mentions that Carla has done in the podcast um, underneath the description. And I would like to thank you a lot for your time. And it was um, my pleasure to have you in the podcast. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure talking to you. Everything changes.